Welcome to the Want to Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I interview Lauren Kahn, who is also known as Alter Cocker. And we talk about home exchanges, like how do they work? How can you exchange your home and travel abroad? What are the logistics involved? And all the ins and outs of that. This episode is sponsored by Tour Radar, which is a trusted online marketplace that helps you find, compare, and book multi-day tours that will expand your horizons through life-enriching travel experiences. All you got to do is just type in the region you've always wanted to visit or your preferred travel style, and Tour Radar will do the rest. And right now, WanderLearn listeners can visit Tour Radar for a chance to win an amazing travel contest. Every month, there's a new contest, so check it out at tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. Lastly, you're going to have basically two interviews. Some of the questions are similar, but if you're really into home exchanges, you're going to want to listen to the first and second half of this thing, even though there's some repetition in between. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Water Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. I'm here with Lauren Kahn, otherwise known as the old fart, but in Yiddish, you would say it as? Alta Cocker. Right. And old fart is actually a nice way of putting it, you would say? Old shit. Yes, <laughs> old shit. Yes, and so um, how long have you been an old shit? <laughs> well, I've had a, a, a blog, altacockertravels.weebly.com uh, for, I guess it's over 10 years now. And I developed it because I do a lot of home exchanging and got tired of answering the same questions over and over again. So I put up pieces on the blog to which I can refer people. And I will be asking some of those questions that you've heard many times before. Um, and I encourage people to go to your website. I'll put a link in the show notes so that they can get many more of the answers that you give. Because you give actually quite a bit of information on your website. Um, so let's start from the, from the beginning, kind of like how you got involved in home exchange from the beginning and what, what, what set you off on this path. Well, in 1990, I wanted to take my children to Europe. And I didn't want to break the bank at Monte Carlo to do it. So I started uh, looking around, and I found an article on actually the AAA magazine about home exchange and uh, discussed it with my now ex-husband. And we ended up getting <laughs> divorced before or separated before uh, we went on this home exchange. And I always said I went on the home exchange he picked without him with the children. And it was a way to take them to Europe without having to get two hotel rooms because the hotel rooms in Europe are very small. Airbnb did not exist at that time, so it was very difficult to get accommodation for a family. And we ended up going west of London to a really awful house. And I've had a few of those. I mean, that's one of the problems with home exchange. But we had a good time anyway. And... Uh, you you just have to be willing to go with the flow and um, accept what you can't change and just use the house to the best advantage. You generally get a car with the exchange, too, unless you're staying in a big city. And we were able to drive around the uh, road that goes around London and see a lot of sites that a lot of people going to London don't get to see. Alta Cocker, I'm, I'm amazed that your first experience was kind of a downer, not ideal. You're getting kind of separated slash divorced. On top of it, it wasn't that great of a house, and yet you persisted. Why is that? Yes, I, yes, I did. I've done it 72 times now, 
And I would say about 10% of them had really serious problems. I call those the houses I put in the Home Exchange Hall of Shame. Right. And then uh, give us some uh, give us some of the low lights. The low lights gen- generally involve messy houses, people who are not clean, lying about the condition of their houses. There there are those. And there are those people who just really shouldn't be home exchanging. Why shouldn't they? Well, because they have a house, for example, where the water smells of sulfur and it's hot as Hades in the south of France and they don't even have a fan. I mean, I didn't expect the air conditioning. And when I asked them about it, it turned out they already had a fight with the previous home exchange over the same issue. And uh, they told me that in the summer they sleep in their garden. So I was home exchanging with people who camp out in the summer because their house was too hot. (laughs) Which is something that a lot of Africans will do, but you just don't expect that in southern France. No, you don't expect it, period. They, you know, it's people who don't tell you up front about what's going on. But most of my, my exchanges have been positive, and I have some friends I see when I home exchange all the time. I mean, I have a, a friend in Paris as a result of a mutual exchange of hospitality, and I have another one in Australia. And if we arrange to be in the same continent, we'll always see each other or talk to one another. So there, there's some good things that come out of home exchanges. I've done a lot of couch surfing, and sometimes people ask me this question with couch surfing. They kind of assume that if you couch surf at one person's house, that you will later on have to host that same person at your house. And so some people say, well, I can't host anybody, so therefore I'm not going to do couch surfing, which of course is a misunderstanding of how it works. There, you probably won't ever host the person that you couch surf at. Logistically, it just won't probably happen. But home exchange can sometimes be different, isn't it? Or There's two kinds of home exchanges. You can exchange simultaneously or you can change, exchange non-simultaneously. I have a, uh, only one house, so I can't do the non-simultaneous. Um, I only do simultaneous home exchanges. People with vacation homes often try and give you their vacation home. I don't like that very much because the vacation homes are often located, you know, they're on the beach. And if, quite frankly, the beaches in Europe aren't as nice as the beaches in the U.S. And if I want to go to the beach, I could stay in the U.S. And you, uh, you'll get offer homes like that. And I always regret it when I take one. I mean, I had one on the north coast of Spain called the Costa Dorado, where there were a lot of drunken English people in bars cheering for various football teams in the evening, and the beach was chock uh, full of people sitting on top of each other in beach chairs, so it wasn't very nice. So I got in the car and drove around and saw things in the area, which made the home exchange much more interesting. The beach area itself was kind of a downer. And most European beaches tend to have a lot of rocks. So if you're going to Europe, I really don't recommend them. If you want a beach, you could go to, you know, the, the U.S. has a zillion places where you can do the same thing. Right. Uh, but you could also give out your home, exchange your home, and then go to a regular hotel, for example, somewhere else in part of the planet you if you could, wanted to. You could if you wanted to, to do a non-simultaneous exchange, but quite frankly, I've never done that. And h- uh, how does it work, let's say, if you're living in a 
mansion that has, uh, you know, 20 rooms, and then you're going to a place that only has two-bedroom little shack. Well, is there is that is that uh, is there extra compensation for the person who's going to who, no. who who's getting the smaller place? No, really. No. So all things are equal. Donald well, Trump's you know, mansion it, is worth the same as my little shack. As far as I'm concerned, that's the, mm-hmm. the thing, that's the way I do it. I mean, there are people who advertise that they have a 20 room mansion or whatever the hell it is, and they say um, they only want an equivalent house. Those people will end up with nothing. You have to be very flexible as to time, house size, uh, whether or not you will take children. I took children for years. Now I only take older children simply because I do not have the things for babies and toddlers and school-age children. So I will only take kids who are uh, really in high school because my house is different now. Mm. And people who have small children are much better off exchanging with other people with small children because they have all the things for them. Right. No, that's a good point. Um, And is the exchange, is there ever any money exchanged? Not beyond joining the website that you've chosen to join. And what's your top two websites that you like for home exchange? Well, I use homelink, H-O-M-E-L-I-N-K dot org. And intervac, I N T E R V A C dot com. I'll put links to those on the show notes. And uh, why are the why do you prefer those versus the other ones? Because I started using them in 1990, and they are the two oldest home exchange services. I know that a lot of people like homeexchange.com, but that site never led to anything for me besides unanswered emails. And that site also is in flux right now. They have the largest number of listings, but a lot of them are not real listings. They're old listings, and uh, the, the site is, in, it, it, in my opinion, is a big mess. And then there are a lot of smaller sites. But I tell people that whatever home exchange site you choose, if it works for you, it's okay. But I can can no longer recommend that this one is better than that one. What I tell them is that you look for a website that has a lot of listings where you want to go and few where you live, and then your chances are better. But if you're fixated on going a specific week in a specific location, you will not end up getting that. I have never gotten anything like that. You have to be flexible. And I tell them that the entire continent of Europe is a museum, and it doesn't matter where you end up. You're going to be able to have plenty of things to see and do. And you could throw a dart as the entire map of Europe, and wherever it lands, you will find things that will keep you occupied. And if you're of that mind, you can be successful in home exchange. If you only want a place in walking distance from the Eiffel Tower that has 20 rooms, you're not going to find it. Right. What about, you've been to Costa Rica, you've been to Turkey, New Zealand, you've been to uh, Taiwan, Southeast Asia. Have you done home exchanges to those places as well? Well, Taiwan and Southeast Asia, what I had there was an exchange of hospitality. I had a Taiwanese woman come here, and then she hosted me back. And I had a, uh, uh, two people from Malaysia 
that uh, came here and, and then hosted me back. I spent two winters in Chiang Mai, but that was, uh, I rented a place. That was not a home exchange. Places so tell me about those, they, tell me about, sorry to interrupt, but how, how are those home, those cultural exchanges different? Because was it agreed to from the beginning that when this person came from Malaysia that you were, that they were going to host you back? Yes. And those ladies actually are, are good friends of mine, and I saw one of them when I was in New Zealand because she happened to be there. The Taiwanese woman did not result in a long-term relationship because she was difficult. Mm, but you still went to her house yes, anyway. I, yeah, because it was okay. free. Yeah, right, right. But, um, but it's hard to kind of know when, to, when it's going to work out or not because just talking on the phone or just exchanging emails can only get you so far as far as knowing somebody. That's right. And some people turn out to be nicer than others, just like they do in real life. Right, right. Uh, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's just getting started in this? So they would, you, you mentioned the two websites, um, and you mentioned the idea of flexibility being super important, and that really opens up a lot of options for you. What other things would you suggest that people like preparation, things that you have to prepare for. Clean your house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and tell them you're doing it and you expect their house to be clean as well. And then you hope for the best. Uh, also ask about pets because some people will spring their pets on you after you're well into negotiations. And I have a clear statement on my pages on these sites that say I that says I don't care for pets. I, you know, I don't want them. It's not that I don't like dogs and cats. I'll pet other people's, but I don't want the responsibility on a vacation. And uh, I tell people who have pets to exchange with other people with pets because then the needs are mutual. And there are a subset of home exchanges with pet problems. And, and I've even had people ask if they could bring their dog to my house. And that ended the negotiations because the answer was no, I didn't want that. Because right. I don't know whether the dog is well trained or not. I could end up with stains on my Alter car. Crocker, the yeah. one of the themes that, you, that I see you hitting on is the idea that the more similar you are, the better. In other words, if you have, teen, if you have young do children, it's better to exchange with people who have young children. If you have people who have dogs and pets... It's better to exchange with other people, dog and pets, right? I mean, this is kind of makes sense. Yeah, that that's actually then the mutual needs are there, and also people should be honest about what they expect, and they shouldn't, you know, wait until the twelfth email to tell you they have three cats. I did have that happen once, and I said, "Did you read my page on the site?" And they hadn't paid attention to the fact that I won't care for pets, and I said, "Well, the three cats have to go elsewhere." or these negotiations are over, and we never did exchange. And at the end of the exchange, then I s presume you write a review of them, and they write a review of you, correct? I, write, I regard those reviews as useless, because it's like any mutual review online. If you were really to tell the truth about somebody's bad house, do you think they wouldn't trash you? So, I mean, it, there's not much you can do. You can complain to the website, but that's also useless, too. I mean, it kind of goes nowhere. And um, it's a big chance. You know, I had a house in Montana that I had the feeling that people weren't that clean because of some things. They had a cleaning woman who came in, and she said some things to me. When I came back, my house was in unspeakable condition. 
And when I said something to them, and I also have a cleaning woman, and I had to pay her extra, not to mention the amount of work I did. I mean, there were things like the oven hadn't been cleaned and they'd used it and there was grease all over, moldy food in the fridge. They were just terrible people. And, um, and they said I was being too picky. And I would never leave that kind of mess in somebody else's house. But, you know, that's you just chalk it up to you had a bad experience. But, you know, I look at it this way. I've certainly stayed in a number of unsatisfactory hotels, as I suspect you have, too, uh, that don't meet up to the pictures on the website. And when you get into a, a bad situation, it's kind of like that, except that you're stuck there. And their house had been cleaned up by their cleaning service. But what happened in my house, well, you know, I worked for two days cleaning it up. And then my cleaning woman came in and put the finishing touches on it and thanked me for doing things like pouring three coats of Easy Off on the oven so that she could actually clean it. And it's just something that happened, but I still got to go to Montana and see Glacier Park. So there right. you have it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, one of the things that you mentioned about the review intrigued me because with Airbnb as well as Couchsurfing, the review system that they have is that you peep, that each person writes a review and it doesn't post until both of them have written a review or two weeks has expired or something like that. And as and then you can rebut, you can answer somebody's review and make a like if they just wrote you something negative, you can answer it, but you cannot alter your original review. So that's the way the idea is there is that if it, you understand it, they, it prevents people from, let's say, changing their original review and then saying, oh, you know, I first said that they were nice people, but now that they wrote a review on me, they're an asshole and I hate them, too. So what's what's your um why can't why why is I'm just surprised that reviews you well, find them not useful. You know, Airbnb is run more professionally than these websites, and it's you write a review, they they can see it, and then they could write a review back that was negative, but you, it's not um, it's not set up the way Airbnb is, and if you want to know why it isn't, you'd have to talk to the websites, but they're not. The problem with all the websites is none of them have, for example, good interface on your phone. And they're not really done in a professional manner, in my opinion. And I don't, when I'm doing a home exchange, I don't use the phone at all for them because the, the websites are all clunky. And I just get on my computer when I need to. It's it, The websites leave a great deal to be desired maybe but home exchange which has the most listings of all it probably has the slickest interface i would imagine i've never used it but I, you I still don't like home it com, and if you look on it even once they send you all kinds of mail and it's it's an automatic algorithm that does that and i don't know whether they do that or what they do uh there's a lot of complaints about it now because they're trying to do non-simultaneous home exchanges where people get points for doing it. And there's a lot of complaints about that. And I really don't understand what's going on because I'm not a member of the site. And there's so many sites and I cannot join all those sites. 
It's just not possible. Right. I understand. And also there's a calendar issue that, you know, one person wants to do on one side and another person on a different side. You've got to keep track of it. And there's only so many vacations you can take in a year. Oh, yes. But also there's only so many websites you're going to join for some of them right. cost over $100. And, you know, and I just join the two I join and other people can do their own research and discover which ones are are uh, are useful for them and it depends where you want to go and where you live now if you live in Iowa or someplace that's less desirable you'll have a tougher time but you still will attract an occasional offer from people who have family in your area and those are the best home exchanges because they want to see their relatives you make a deal and they won't cancel because they they really want to see their relatives and in fact, that's how I got the one in Costa Rica. That's the one in Montana came the same way. I had a couple exchanges in California from the same people in Long Beach who had grandchildren near me. So those always work out quite well. And the home exchange in Turkey, one of them, was, was for the same reason. So sometimes you get lucky that way, but you never know what's going to come in over the transom. And one day you're moaning and groaning about not having a deal for the next summer, and the next day you get an offer. And you are sending out requests as much as you are occasionally getting requests, correct? I don't really send out requests anymore. I, you know, I'm lazy that way, and I don't care where I go. And I take the first thing that comes in, no matter where it's from. Yeah, and I suppose you've built up a, a good enough review base that people are trust you as a home. Yeah, and, and I can and, also give them other references. But nobody ever asks for them, and my opinion is that they don't read them. Right. Why right. they don't read them, I do not know. Well, maybe because they don't read references because they're kind of what you mentioned before, that you felt that they everybody has to sugarcoat things in, in, in fear of being uh, getting getting shit on, on the way back. Yeah, there's that too. But, you know, I can give them if they want, and I always offer it to them if they're first-timers and they're a little bit nervous. Uh, I will offer them references if they want, and they've never taken me up on it. And 72 home exchanges, you know, so it's it's not... Um, it's the, the reviews aren't widely used. What about the last-minute home exchange, people who want spontaneous travel? Uh, any advice there? Well, if the farther you go, the longer the, the timeline in advance for cutting the deals. For example, as soon as you get back from your normal summer vacation, wherever it is, at the end of August, and 90% of home exchanges are done in the summer because of the children's school schedules, and a lot of teachers do them as well, so that, that's, that's the dynamics of it. When you get back, September, October is, is the long-distance offer season. If you're going to drive somewhere in the car, for example, Washington, D.C., and Montreal, or Washington, D.C., which is where I live, or some other place. One time I did one um, in uh, South Carolina, in Myrtle Beach. You can do that. But if you're going to go a long distance and get airfare, you're going to have to cut that deal well in advance because somebody is going to want to shop for airfares. 
because they've got more than one person. And so the season for the long-distance home exchanges is really the fall through January. You're unlikely to get a long-distance offer after that, although I once got one in April. So there's no hard and fast rules. If you're going within the U.S. or if you're European within Europe, you can do those later because people are driving. If people are driving, you can do it at the last minute. Now, I will not do a home exchange for it. Uh, less than four days. It's not worth cleaning up my house for a weekend. It really isn't. Well, not only that, but if, let's say, the home exchange is with somebody in Turkey, you're going to fly all the way out to Turkey for, for just four days? A weekend would be someplace like Washington, D.C. Right. And New York City. It wouldn't be Washington, D.C. and, and uh, Turkey. Right. And, and by the way, uh, you are located in uh, North Carolina? No, I'm located in McLean, Virginia, which is oh. in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I'm 8 to 10 miles from the monuments downtown. And okay, there's metro ahead. access if I can put in an advertisement for my house. And so, what about, do they? you offer the car in exchange as well? Yes, the, my car always goes with the exchange. It's in it's a uh, now it's about to be 12 year old Prius. And since I'm 72 and it has no mileage on it, I don't really envision buying another car. And also it gets banged up on home exchanges. So I don't really get concerned about that with a 12 year old car. If I had a new car, it would be a reason to be upset. But your car may get some things on the bumper and the like scratches, you know, but it's the cost of a home exchange. Right, right. And that, that's a very good point because a lot of people think it's all free, but there's the cleaning costs, not to mention, you know, other little things, incidentals that that add up. Uh, so it's not free, but it's certainly much more affordable than a hotel or an Airbnb. Yeah, and, especially, and it's more comfortable. If you want to do cooking, you can. Uh, you can go and buy food at the local supermarket and put it in the fridge and make yourself breakfast before you go out touring for the day. And I also leave, I've been doing this a long time, so I have like a, I have a GPS in my car. It's an old Garmin, but it, it works and people use it to avoid having to buy SIM cards for their phones and all the issues with phones when you're not in your own country. And it's all set up for this. And I also possess a, a Garmin for Europe because I bought it a, a while ago before you could use Google on your phone. And I almost never get a SIM card in Europe. I just use WhatsApp when I'm abroad to communicate for people or some other method of calling them without paying. What's the longest you've ever done a home exchange for? Six weeks in Perth, Australia. That's not that much. I would think that there would be like a six-month exchange out there. Yeah, it's very hard. There would have to be some retired people. And also, I don't really want to be away for six months in the same place, you know, unless it was Paris, France or something. I, I, I really wouldn't consider that. I think six weeks would be great anywhere. But beyond that, it's time to move on to another location. And and uh, that's my my take on it. There's not much out there for six months. I mean, there's teachers on sabbatical that sometimes are looking for those. But I only had one request like that, and it was from someplace in Denmark. It wasn't Copenhagen. And I suggested to the people that they do a series of deals. 
and I never heard from them, so I don't know what they did. Because when I, I want to be away longer, I try and stack the home exchanges and go from one to the other. It's not always possible. I did do four at one blow one time in Europe. It was a crack out for a few nights, nights home hospitality. That woman had already been here. And then 10 days in Warsaw, they were supposed to come here and never did, despite a lot of email from me suggesting different ways they could do it. And then uh, I went from there to Belarus, where I stayed in a hotel, and then from there to Istanbul, and then to Stockholm. So a really crazy trip with, with those locations all put together. But that was the most home exchanges I've ever been able to stack. I have done four also one time in Australia that included home hospitality in Tasmania. And that concludes the main interview, but here's some bonus material that I'm going to be sharing with you with my interview with Alta Cocker. This was material I thought that I had lost. I managed to recover it and share it with you. One quick word for my sponsor again, Tour Radar, the trusted online marketplace that help you find and book multi-day tours. Go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. This really helps me out. They are measuring to see the success of their advertising campaign. So go there, sign up, put your email in there, have a chance to win. You might actually thank me in the end. So tourradar.com slash wanderlearn for a chance to win an amazing travel contest. You've got nothing to lose you can always unsubscribe to their newsletter. You got to do it. It's awesome. You'll enjoy it. And now enjoy part two of my interview with Alta Cocker. Now, you did an interesting strategy. So your typical stay when they do an exchange, it might last only for a week or two or a month or two? The longer you go, the, far, far, the, the farther you go the longer the home exchange is likely to be. Most pe people do these for vacations. The longest one I've had was six weeks, and it was in Perth, Australia. And that was at her request. I was thinking in terms of four, and she said six, and I said fine, because I'm totally flexible, which is the key to success here. Now, if you are at home with children, you might want to consider exchanging within your own country. In my case, it's the United States, obviously, from my accent. I live outside Washington, D.C. in the suburbs, so I have an attractive location for many people. So, And also you, and also you offer a car, which I, makes it so much more accessible. If you don't offer a car and you don't live in a place like Paris or London where you're going to be dependent on public transport for most of what you do, you won't get an exchange because everybody needs a car. Uh, most of my home exchangers use it principally to go back and forth to the metro station because while it's close to me, you can't walk. There's Why can't no, they do a road trip off to Chicago or something like that? Well, I don't let them do that. They're, they're, okay. I, I always make it clear that they... The car is for kind of daily um, uh, trips. I don't want them taking the car, the most frequent destination, 
that would be considered a remote destination I'm asked about is Niagara Falls. You know, Europeans will think it's like two hours away. And when I explain the, the, um, the fact that it's 10 hours away, and you can't do it as a day trip. And also, the interesting stuff is in Canada, and I don't prevent my car to be taken out of the country because I don't want my exchangers to have trouble bringing the car back in and with new security regulations. I think that's really key. I did have Not some... to mention it's very far away from yeah, Washington, yeah, D.C. I mean, when you're here for like two or three weeks, it makes absolutely no sense to do a trip like that. But a lot of people are not really aware of the distances involved in visiting the United States. I mean, Europeans complain about us not knowing things. They also don't know things. And you learn it when you travel. And I always say you learn geography when you have to get from point A to point B. You don't learn it from memorizing the list of, I remember I took a geography class in college, and one of the things we had to do was, was all these Chilean cities. And we had to put them in order on the map. You know, Chile is this little strip of land. And it was totally pointless. I, the teacher, I don't know why he made us do that, but we had to do that. And and I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, no, you don't need to know about Chile unless you're in Chile. Or in my case, because my mom is from Chile, so therefore I, I care a little bit. But I, I could not even consider my... I just know that Chile is 16 times longer than it is wide. I think that's a yeah, correct Well, statistic. I've actually been to Chile, but... If you divide Chile, on a home exchange, no, it was it was a tour. It was a okay. um, uh, what's now called uh, Road Scholar was Elder Hostel. Oh, right. I went on one of their tours years ago and absolutely loved it. Right, and uh, the tour was concentrated in the. If you divide Chile into four parts, I was in the third part, starting from the top and going down. So, we went from Santiago to the Glacier. San Rafael, and we took a boat trip on a boat called the Scorpius and had terrible weather, and everybody got seasick. You know, I always call it, Lauren goes on vacation. The weather doesn't cooperate, and you get seasick, and we didn't go to one of the ports because we couldn't. And it was disappointing to the people in the port who were waiting for us to buy things. Now, Lauren, give us some of your big takeaways from this whole house home exchange. Now, to do it, you actually need to have an apartment or an actual home because otherwise you would have to use Airbnb or go to VRBO. But to actually do a home exchange, it is, and, and you're not, and you have to exchange with, I mean, it sounds obvious, but you're doing it with an, an individual family. You're going to their home. It's not like couch surfing where couch surfing, you can stay in one person's home and they don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to host them back. But in your case, the way you're doing it, you do actually literally exchange homes. Exactly. And for me, because I don't have a vacation home, I have to do simultaneous exchanges. I can't do one where the people come and then I go later or I go before. I will agree to host people if the destination is someplace really wild where I want to go. And that's how I got to go to Kuala Lumpur and Borneo, you know, where you don't get home exchanges. So I hosted people. And also uh, Taiwan. I went to Taiwan. I went to Taipei, Taiwan. And the woman had come here first and then I went and visited her and did a 
complicated stay in Southeast Asia, which was principally centered on an apartment I rented in Chiang Mai. Because things are really cheap in Southeast Asia. It's hardly worth the energy to look for a home exchange, which you probably won't find. Um, and uh, when you can rent something for like $600 a month, you know, and it's, it's not, and, and they come in and they clean it and give you clean sheets and, you know, so what are you doing? You're knocking yourself out. So home exchange work, works best in the developed world. It uh, does not work well in, in Africa, except there's a small set of people who've done it in uh, in Cape South Town. Africa, in Cape Town, yes. Right. And I have never gotten one in Cape Town. I've thrown in the towel, and I'm going to go there on a tour and then be hosted afterwards. So um, the, the whole trip will be longer than just the tour. And uh, But pretty much I've gone to all the destinations that's possible to go. When I, not every little town, but the main cities and... Uh, most of your European home exchanges I found come from France and Germany. If you get one in Italy, most of them are in Rome, although I did have one in the Italian lakes, and that was wonderful. But that, that was just luck. And it's all luck. And now there's two ways. You can be passive and wait for people to actually request to stay in your home, or you can be active and re look for homes to stay in. So maybe you wouldn't be, you'd be more lucky if you were doing more of an effort trying to find these places, but you kind of sit back in your passive, aren't you, Lauren? Yeah, at this point, I mean, I, when I first started doing this, there was no internet. We used to get these big, thick books, and each year they got thicker and thicker. And when the day the books came in and, uh, from whatever home exchange service you were using, um, life stopped. And I would send out like 200 airmail letters to wherever it is I was looking and end up going someplace else entirely. Like, <laughs> I always say the year I was going to go to the Pacific Northwest, I, I went north of Paris. You know, because that's what came in and I didn't get anything in the other place. I don't always want to go where I'm going to spend a lot on airfare. The problem in the U.S. is, of course, that most people live on the coast. So living in Washington, D.C., I get inquiries all the time from... California, and I, I, I you know, I, I can go there once once in a while, but not, not every year, and not even every five years. And I used to have a job also where I spent a lot of time in San Francisco, and they would come around the office and ask people to go there, and everybody was busy with something else, and nobody wanted to go anymore, so the new people would get the trips until they were sick of it. And I kind of did all the tourist things, but you know, as time goes by, Things change, and you know, once every ten years, I could go out there, but I'm not all that interested. The last time I went to California, I did accept a house where they kind of talked to me a lot. A lot, a lot of it's uh, the chemistry between the people, and um, they're sort of friends with me now, and we talk about possibly doing it again. And they got, you know, they had a house located so I could go to Yosemite, which I'd never seen. So I finally got in there. How I, often did you actually reuse the exact same relationship over again? Have you done that two, three once. times? Just, oh, just once. once. Okay. I had I had some people in Long Beach, California, who had an apartment, and they had grandchildren near me, and I exchanged with them twice. And of course, I guess the, it's. 
I guess it's because the world is a big place and everybody wants to go check out as much as possible and you've got limited time and therefore they don't want to go back to DC and you don't want to go back to their place and therefore... The best time just... exchangers are people who have family members near where they're exchanging and don't want to stay with their family. They'd rather be a bit more independent. Those people are serious and don't cancel. And uh, you do have problems with cancellations, but... Really drastic problems can be avoided by simply not buying your ticket until you know they purchased, or you buy them together. You say that you talk to them in the second week in February or whatever it is. Everybody's going to buy tickets, and then everybody sends evidence of their tickets to the other side. And I think it's really important for trust building because you hear stories about people who've bought a ticket and then the the home exchange breaks down because the other people decide. They don't want to do it, and you can't force somebody to do it, but you're relying on trust, so you have to be careful about who you trust. I mean, not everybody is trustworthy, and some people buy their tickets before I buy them. I had some French people who got them months in advance, and when I found that out, then I hustled and bought my ticket, but I didn't care as much because I was using miles, and it's only me. And, you know, I can work it out. And they had a family of four, so they were looking for some kind of deal on the tickets. They found it, they bought. And then once I hear that they bought, I have a view on home exchange that they would have to carry me. The the only reasons to cancel after something like that is that that someone gets really deathly ill. I've gone with a broken shoulder. I did that once because I... I couldn't get out of it. I had had the injury, and it was it, the repair that was done did not last. And ten days before I was to go to Scandinavia, I realized I had problems, and I had two different families coming. So I just went up the arm in a sling, and six weeks—it uh, was three weeks with one and three weeks with the other. And the second one was really amazed I was doing this. And I said, I just couldn't look at myself in the mirror if I cost them the amount of money I was going to cost them. And I really had two choices, which is to have immediate surgery and stay home and move out or do the home exchange as best I could. And then Where was the location that you were going to? Well, the first place was a Friedrichstadt in Norway, which is southwest of, uh, I'm sorry, southeast of Oslo, and the second one was in Stockholm. It was in the suburbs. But I had a good time. Yes, I was limited. I had to be careful about everything. You know, you don't want to fall. People in Stockholm were giving me advice about doctors, and I said it was all set up. And actually it wasn't because I needed to go to another specialist. The doctor I was using did not do it the surgery, and I eventually had a total shoulder replacement. But um, I was not in a lot of pain. I was in quite a bit of discomfort. But I, when I had the original accident, actually, it happened in Europe on a holiday. Have you had a bad experience where anybody has either completely trashed your house, stolen things, wrecked your car? It, I think the the worst you've had is just like people leaving it not very clean, and they didn't clean your oven out or something like that. Am I right? Yeah, I've had slobs here, and and I I tend to be on the cleaner end, although I always say um, I'm not crazy clean. My mother was crazy clean, where I always say she had a house where you could drink the water out of the toilet bowls, 
but my house is not like that. I want people to be comfortable. I do have a lady who comes in and cleans with me for me every two weeks, and quite frankly, without her, I couldn't do this because sometimes I do two of them back to back, and I have to make sure the house is clean for the second person so they get a fair deal and they don't walk into a mess if the first bunch turn out to be pigs. Right. So, now, But you haven't had a bad experience other than a less... Than cleanly. And sometimes their house Ex- is not clean, and I've had right. that happen one that, uh, not no more than a half a dozen times. You just yeah. have to bear with it. You know, this is a chance, and I've certainly stayed in a lot of lousy hotels, as I'm sure you have in the places you've been, mm. where mm. you you walk in there and you know there's it's not what you thought you were getting, and you're stuck there because you've paid for it. And it's it's I, I, I and there was no, there's nothing that can be done and you just bear with it and do the best you can. And home exchange, if if you are willing to look at home exchange in the same way, I never stay at places that cost a whole lot of money because my philosophy about that is I'm never in the room. When I'm right. traveling overseas, I'm I'm out seeing things, doing right. things, and I come back to sleep. If the toilet flushes and the shower has pressure to, to to bathe it's enough you know right uh but you probably asked for hot water though yes i mean sure i had I in africa to... you may not get that no, <laughs> I, I don't have home exchange in africa I, I'm, I'm going to do a tour to south africa to get it out of my system because i love going any place where you see animals right. not the ones in the zoo but you know if you're right. seeing them in the wild it's just different now, you're unusual, Lauren, because you actually don't use the most popular home exchange website, which I think is called homeexchange.com. Yeah, right? I really don't like homeexchange.com. I have had no luck with it. I think they have they have had a lot of problems, and I'm not going to sit here and, and accuse them of doing things that I can't know for absolute certain that it's true. But When I, was the last time, what year was the last time you used them? Oh, it's over 10 years ago. Oh, okay. So many things that may have changed. Well, it's been sold. Um, They do a lot of non-simultaneous exchanges with people who have vacation places. And I never liked vacation places. You know what they look like. All the old furniture and the broken dishes and... And also, there's also problems with getting a car in the vacation place, because often if people's car will be at their principal residence, and they have no way of getting it down there, and, you know, I don't want to deal with it. And and also, they're at a beach, and my feeling about the beach is if I want to go to the beach, I'd rather go to... To the local Virginia. beaches here, or find Virginia Beach, or Rehoboth Beach, or... All the beaches along the Atlantic coast here are just perfectly fine, and I don't. Especially have to... when there's a hurricane going through. Oh yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> well, I did have some poor Turkish people here once, where I had perfect weather. And you remember the earthquake in DC in 2011? No, I don't. No, I didn't. An earthquake in DC? I never even heard it, of it. It damaged the uh, Washington National Cathedral and the Washington Monument. And which they just reopened, and the elevator is already broken. And and um, the uh, I was in Turkey and never had rain or anything because that's their typical weather in the summer. And they were here, and they had not only had that, they had a hurricane. Oh, great! And then well, they drove the car into D.C. 
like I told them not to do, and they got a $100 ticket. And instead of leaving it for me, the guy spent two days trying to figure out how to pay the ticket. And I said, the way to pay the ticket is leave the $100 on the table with the t- ticket, and I'll write a check when I get home. Mm-hmm. And But he, he wasted a lot of his time on silly things, you know. But these things happen. I mean, I've had... You know, car problems can happen overseas and or to them here. And, uh, you know, while I have my car looked at, of course, before any home exchange, and I also have the oil changed, so they, they don't have to mess with it. And what, yeah. what home exchanges do you use? What websites? Since you don't use homeexchange.com, which are I, your favorite two? I have two? used, since I got started in this in 1970, this pretty much the same two heights, sites uh, consistently, which are intervac.com, it's spelled I-N-T-E-R-V-A-C.com, and homelink.org. Uh, intervac is better for Europe. Homelink is better for down under and the U.S. There's just more listings. You have to put yourself in a universe where there are lots of listings where you want to go and very few where you live in an ideal world. There are out there probably 100 different websites for home exchange. Any home exchange site that has less than 5,000 members is a waste of time, in my opinion, because you're not gonna you're not gonna get what you want. And some of them specialize, like there's Guardian Home Exchange that specializes in UK listings. So most people in that home exchange will be going UK to UK. They'll you haven't up. tried uh, to go to Japan yet. There's almost no listings in Japan. It's, That's fascinating. It, it's not. It's not. It's just not taken off in Japan. So, it's and I good. imagine also that now, Japanese homes, for example, are tiny in comparison to U.S. homes, and so you might have an asymmetrical exchange when it comes to, let's say, square footage, and that maybe that's okay for some people. But how do you address the question of when there there not all homes are equal, and there's got to be situations where one person's getting five bedrooms and the other guy's just getting one bedroom. All right, I have a four-bedroom townhouse. One of the bedrooms is used as storage, so nobody sleeps in there. It's just largely suitcases and junk. Um, most of the homes I go to are considerably smaller than mine, and I don't care because I'm one person. Um, right. I'm not looking for a mansion. I don't need it. I did get one once in California that was absolutely enormous, I mean, swimming pool, all of that, all those amenities. And, you know, it was a multi, clearly a multi-million dollar home com, compared to mine. And, and it was south of San Francisco. I, God only knows what it would cost today. But I only lived in a small portion of it. I don't try, I try my best not to mess up the house because I'm going to have to clean it. And I really hate cleaning. So uh, there's no reason for me to to use more than one bedroom. For example, the, the French people I exchanged with last summer, I met them the day before they left because that's when I arrived at their house. And they were worried about not cleaning up the other bedrooms. And I said, there's no reason for me to go in those rooms. As long as I have one bedroom that was clean, that's all I need. And I used their bedroom, and then the next day they left. Uh, so for one person, it's much easier, but you still do a lot of cleaning before you go, which is one reason I do not exchange for less than four or five nights. Some people want to go for a weekend. 
I said, it's too much work. For $200, I can stay in a hotel or somewhere, and it's fine, and I don't have to do all the work that I put into a home exchange. If I'm going for three weeks, it's a different story. And I do have my cleaner come in. She comes every two weeks, whether I'm here or I'm not here, and I pay her before I leave. And I tell them, if I remember, that if they see her, they can give her a tip, you know, $20 would be nice. So, you know, but, but I, I don't ask them for, I don't exchange money with people. The only exception would be if we decided to exchange currency. And I have done that, where I leave money for them in dollars, and then I'll pick up whatever the currency is on the other side and avoid all the bank fees. But, of course, now you can use the ATM card. So that, that was something I did a long time ago when... Uh, you had traveler's checks and would get ripped off when you exchanged them and all those bank, you know, the, the uh, transaction fees. Lauren, you have a website that documents a lot of these things. You talk about the difference between house sitting and, and home exchanges and some of the horror stories that you've had. And, of course, they're not real terrible horror stories, but little lots of lessons. What is the name of the website? It's called Alta Cocker travels.weebly.com and I'll spell it. A no, no don't, don't worry about spelling it because what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes and, okay, and that way right. people can find the link to it. And but, I, You know, it's basically a blog. I started it for two reasons. First reason was I got sick of answering all these same questions all the time by new people because new people are very, very nervous about home exchange. And you have to walk them through it and it takes a lot of energy sometimes so, I, of course, I prefer to do it with experienced people, but that doesn't mean that I don't do it with new people. I do. And you have to talk to them a lot more than with the experienced people. The experienced people will write you, do you want to exchange? These are my dates. And you write back right away, and 10 minutes later, you have a deal. With the, with the new people, it's like, what is your, you know, they want pictures of your house. And I always say nobody's taking a bad picture because if that, the junk is in a corner, they don't take a picture of that corner. They take a picture of the other part of the house. So I don't, the, the home, home photos do absolutely nothing for me. A lot of people put a lot of stock in them. And I've got to tell you that my home photos that are up are old and the house looks a good deal nicer than that. And I've just never gotten around to, to doing new photos. You're also skeptical about the reviews itself, which is kind of surprising because you would think that the reviews is the cornerstone of the whole system, just like... E, uh, eBay has their review system. Well, if you trash them, they'll trash you back, basically. If I put mm -hmm. up the, the truth about the Montana house I had not too long ago, I would have gotten it. My mistake was not taking pictures of what my house looked like when I got back, you know, which mm -hmm. was a big mess. But um, uh, it's really not worth the energy. And to get into a fight, the home exchange is over at that point. You've had the difficulties you've had. You come home, you have to do some cleaning. You have to do some cleaning uh, mm -hmm. to make the house your own again. And then... Um, and you would say that about... Move on. You would say about 90% of your home exchanges have been quite good overall. Yes. I mean... Yeah. I mean, just know, like the same way you, when you pick a hotel on uh, hotel.com or whatever, or booking.com, yeah. you're going to get yeah, nice chance. hotels, and sometimes you don't get nice hotels, and sometimes yeah. the hotel I lives have, up to the photo. I had, one of the, 
in the Czech Republic recently that I would dearly like to have ditched, but I prepaid to save money, and it was hot as Hades, and there was no air conditioning. They didn't have fans, but I would have liked to have, at that point, moved out and moved into a place that had air conditioning, but it wasn't possible. Well, you know, in Africa, if it makes you feel better, when I was in uh, Guinea-Bissau, they had the fan and the air conditioning. They just didn't have electricity. Electricity, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you got malaria, right? (laughs) Exactly. There you go. And no mosquito nets. So you're just there, you know, sitting in the hot weather and just still air, and it's great. Anyway, but uh, thank you so much, Lauren. Is there any other last words of wisdom that you would give to um, uh, potential people who are thinking about doing a home exchange? You have to be flexible. Most home exchanges are done in the summer when children are out of school. I would rather exchange as an Alta Cocker, either in fall or spring. But I recognize that if I refuse a a nice place in August when I don't really want to go, uh, I might not get it again. So I, I, I really would take it and just roll with it. But after this summer in Europe, I don't think I'm going to be anxious to travel there again in the summer because there were a lot of problems all throughout Europe with the weather due to climate change. And also politics can affect who will come to the U.S. A lot of people won't come here right now because they disapprove of what's going on in the U.S. That's funny, and you know. We've been through this before with George Bush too and the war. You know, so I tell them, if I, if I decided that I would not go to a country because I didn't like their politics, I probably wouldn't go anywhere because, <laughs> because there's yeah. always uh, things that you don't like about any place you would go. Well, that's and, the great thing about being an American because then we don't know almost any other world leaders. And so, therefore, we have nobody. We have no idea if maybe the chancellor of Germany is really terrible. So, therefore, we're going to go to Germany because we have nothing against them. Maybe Vladimir Putin is the only leader that we actually know of. And you know, so. But anyway. Well, I know story. because before I go anywhere, I, I will have done a lot of reading. Hmm. Because if you don't read and study before you go to a place, you're really not uh, getting your your money's worth out of the place. Uh, you have to understand a bit, and then you'll learn more while you, you're there. And I always come home when I'm going to a new place with a new perspective. Right. And it's, as I'm sure you do, with all the countries you've been to, all those hole-in-the-wall places in Africa that I'll probably <laughs> never visit. I can't wait for your book to come out, too, because I, I read the last one. It was very really entertaining. Right. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much, and I appreciate your time. And uh, last question, where is your next home exchange? I don't know. Really? I don't have one on tap right now. I had an offer from France at the end of my stay in France. I actually took it, even though it wasn't far from where I was. But but hold on, but you could theoretically get a request tonight That's and right. all of a sudden and yeah. just go. And and just like for for like next month or next week, theoretically, it could be these last second uh, or usually they, they look out ahead by a couple of months. Well, I'm I'm kind of booked with other things through uh the end of March, beginning of April, so I'm not really looking at anything until May at the early. Oh, so, and you close out your calendar so you're not getting yeah, requests anyway. I, I, no, I, I, I leave it up because sometimes somebody will send me an attractive offer and I'll say, well, you know, I can't do it in the spring. You want to look at the fall? And right, then, right. You know, n- negotiate dates. So I, I generally leave my dates open. It's just that 
I have a big trip to the West Coast to visit family during Thanksgiving. And so I doubt I would want to go anywhere Christmas because I just got But back. wait, when you're going to go visit family in Thanksgiving, why don't you do a home exchange then? Is it just because I, I can't I did, I'm stay with family and and it's oh, to, I and see. the families in and in, in and around Oregon and it would be hard to just negotiate uh, a a uh, an exchange over specific dates. If you have specific dates for a family event, I tell people rent a place because you have to be flexible and you'll get these requests where people say i already have my tickets and i need these these this week and and you know i generally can't go with that and i got crazy requests from europe sometimes where they want like five days they're doing a trip where they move from one place to another well i I'm not going to Europe for five days. I mean, that's ridiculous. And that will then force you to look for a second home. Yeah. So you stay that, and so you could do back-to-back exchanges, but that makes it more challenging logistically. Well, you might, you probably wouldn't get one because it's much harder to do the back-to-backs in Europe than it is in down under. And down under, the people that are doing home exchanges are doing the same thing where you live. They're they're going to do more than one home exchange because it's it's so long to get here. And uh, so I don't. I I just you know if I I just explain to them what my situation is in a couple of sentences and just decline it. And so I do do I decline most of the offers because you can only accept one or two a year. And you don't know when they're going to come in. So this French person that wrote me, she, she, I said, do you want to do it in June? She said, yes, I'll be back tomorrow with dates. I never heard from her again. I, I gave her one more email. She didn't respond. I figured she got a better offer. But, you know, some people are rude and they just don't tell you. I, I, my rule of thumb is if I've accepted somebody, that's the end of the matter. I don't go on to the next person and, oh, a nice offer has come in from a place I'd rather go. Therefore, I'm going to screw the first person. I do not do that because I've had it done to me. And it's not, you know, I did it once years and years ago, and I felt so bad about it. And I, I had an exchange like in northern France, and then somebody asked me like the next week about Vienna, and I'd much rather go to Vienna. So... I, I told them, and they got so angry, and I don't blame them, you know, because you stop looking, and um, so I never did it again. I, I, I just, if, especially if I've written to a bunch of people soliciting a home exchange, my attitude is that if I write to you and ask you if you want to exchange, and you accept, well, I wrote to you, and that means I must be interested in your location. And, um, and so I, I, I have to accept and and then that's the end of it for the year. And I did. I, I sometimes have, I always say the one in the Greek islands comes in after you're all set, but uh, or wherever it is that you'd rather be going. But that's the way it is. And it, he who gets too picky ends up with nothing. He who gets too picky stays at home, in their home, no exchange. Lauren, thank you again. Happy travels, and we'll be in touch. And one last thing to the people who are listening to the Wander Learn podcast. If you have a chance to win $1,000 in travel credits at Tour Radar, go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. Lauren, thank you, Alter Cocker, for all your time.
And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel technology and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. Tour Radar sponsored this episode and is also sponsoring an amazing travel contest for the Wander Learn audience. Every month, enter to win a new Tour Radar contest for a chance to win a life-changing travel adventure. To toss your name into the hat, just go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one more reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, don't forget to download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And then five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is France Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.